0: Casting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk, radio Show. Talk Show.
1: All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refused to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for October the 1st. In the year of our Lord, 2022, this is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our Founding Fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we use the Blueprint for Liberty, the Supreme Law of the Land, the Constitution for the United States of America as our guide. We're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the Founding Fathers, What are the great peaceful, restorative solutions we still have at our fingertips. As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome to the broadcast, ladies and gentlemen. Yesterday's quick recap we had on Dr. Scott Bradley, his whole collegiate series and lifelong goal to preserve the nation, his website to promote all that, freedomsrisingsun.com, weekly webinars, questions and answers, and a whole lot more at freedomsrisingsun.com, all relating to our founding father era, the Declaration of Independence, the Bill of Rights, the Constitution of the United States of America, and more. And we talked to Dr. Scott Bradley. The people in the state of New York are fleeing to Florida in droves. Why? Because they want to reject the tyranny of New York, and they want to embrace the liberty found down in Florida these days. Washington's unheeded warning is really important right now, ladies and gentlemen. Religion and morality are indispensable supports. Remember that. We also talked about, hey, you know what? Private virtue is the character to govern oneself according to moral law at all times. That's right. That's private virtue. Public virtue, ladies and gentlemen, is the character to sacrifice your personal wants voluntarily for the greater good of individuals and the community, right? Specific moral virtues include charity, justice, mercy, kindness, courage, I'm sorry, courage, temperance, reverence, prudence and Honesty. After all, I say the issue is honesty, right? Uh, is this a good reason to ditch your smartphone? We talked about that in great detail. We talked about the feds are looking over your shoulder now. What they're doing is they're buying data from the cell phone companies on you to spy on you, to follow you, etc. And they don't have any warrant. No warrant involved because it's publicly sold information by commercial interest. Bob Unruh, WND.com with that article. Yeah. So the general government is buying private cell phone data so they can follow you and track you if you don't like it there's attorneys out there now willing to raise alarm bells and dig into this for you but wow uh you might as well just get rid of your digital cell phone huh politico co-founder guy's name is john harris he's so afraid of donald trump that he wants to literally rewrite the constitution yeah he's got complaints about the electric college Electoral College, Second Amendment, and a whole lot more, writes Bob Unruh at WND.com. Making needed changes, he said, would include altering or abolishing the Electoral College, term limits for the Supreme Court, limiting pardons, and taking care of the infuriating language of the Second Amendment. Uh, Then I say this, thank God, because he said the Constitution, however, prevents the changes he wants sadly ladies and gentlemen he predicts a constitutional showdown virtually he says a civil war is coming shame on him we pray for peace sir we talked about a man for all seasons incredible movie in that quote the educated say this I give the dem the devil the benefit of law for my own safety sir that was our one with dr. Scott Bradley Hour two, we had a guy by the name of Don Essery on radio with us, and uh, he's also known as Pepe Deluxe. That's his nickname. Um, truthsocial.com is Trump's website. That's where Don and crew hang out. Uh, they do a great job, and they're considered we the media, him and his group. And they have all kinds of different sayings and their own language and all kinds of stuff. But they really dig They're uh, c- citizen investigative journalists. They do a phenomenal job. And uh, Truth Social, by the way, is considered America's bi- big tent social media platform that encourages open, free, and honest global conversation without discrimination on the basis of political ideology. Boy, do we need more of that. Anyway, Don was fun to talk to and We talked about the United Nations and how whacked out they are. They are literally trying to shut down all free speech. UN's newest weapon of war is horrifying. They want to attack free speech. We played a soundbite from this whacked out minister of New Zealand speaking in the United States at the United Nations, literally saying, hey, we need to shut down free speech big time. We have the tools to do it. We just need the will to get it done. Shame on her. What's her name? Uh, Jacinda. Uh, she's a whacked out lady. I'm telling you right now. She's declared her government to be the citizens only source of truth on vaccinations. She described online speech that conflicts with the government's narrative is weaponized speech. Wow. She says people who speak and think for themselves are a danger to the new normal. Wow. Wow. Then whacked out Biden is a national security concern, ladies and gentlemen. He stood up on the stage, and he forgot about uh, this uh, internet, I'm sorry, this rep from uh, Indiana, I guess. Her name was Jackie, and she passed away in a car accident last year. And uh, so <laughs> I guess Joe Biden was searching the crowd for her, calling her name, and people were freaking out because she's dead. What a what a shame that was then we talked about Sydney Powell sadly she lost a huge court case I guess Trump appointed judge Carl Nichols in Washington shut Sydney Powell down against Dominion voting systems however they said Dominion could continue suing Sydney Powell for 1.3 billion that's right with a B dollars it's nuts on parade that's what you get from a Trump appointee I guess huh Earlier this year, believe it or not, that same judge dismissed a lawsuit against My Pillow CEO Mike Lindell. So there you have all that. And sorry for the long recap, but, man, there was a lot of news covered yesterday. Without further ado, we'll head to our current co-host of the day, if you will, Chris Carlson. Welcome back to Liberty Roundtable Live, sir. Thank you, Sam. Without
2: God, we cannot win. With God, we cannot lose the battle for freedom is the Lord's, But we need to be engaged in the fight. Lieutenant Carlson reporting for duty, sir.
1: All right, my friend, we've got a lot of news to cover, a lot of different topics to transition to and from as we go. You've got a quote from the scriptures to kick it all off, though, right? Yes, sir. But if
2: it be of God, you cannot overthrow it, lest happily ye be found even to fight against God. And let's be sure that we're on the right side of that equation, Sam, because uh, things are getting pretty heated in this country and in this world in general.
1: Yes, and sadly, I predict it gets worse, sir, because the enemies of liberty uh, have seemed to gone demon crazy, my friend. They are absolutely up in arms whenever we get any gain that protects life, liberty, or property. Anytime we talk about God, family, and country, they absolutely come unhinged. And we're seeing it literally daily, hourly now. Uh, and the proof is in the pudding, ladies and gentlemen. The FBI has gone psychotic, and they have now uh, raided the home. This happened uh, a couple of weeks ago, of Catholic pro-life speaker uh, with guns. This guy's name is Mark, and the story is very interesting. I've got a Tucker Carlson interview. We'll play next segment on this, but set it up first, Chris. Chris.
2: Yeah, so the like you said, the the headlines read FBI raids home of Catholic pro-life speaker and author with guns drawn as his terrified kids watched, according to LifeSiteNews.com, and um, it was also reported yesterday in Joel Skow's World Affairs Brief, and we're going to talk a little bit about some of his comments on it. But yeah, so basically what happened, um, I'll give you the the account. Uh, As I read it in Life Life News and in the World Affairs Brief, uh, on several occasions last year, Mark Hauk, who is a a father of a family of seven, and I looked at a picture of his family, and it brought me back to my my days, uh, you know, earlier in America, where you saw more of these families. It was just this beautifully dressed, Catholic, uh, Christian-based family, uh, very nicely dressed, uh, obviously very uh, well-taught. Uh, well, um, well groomed family. And it was kind of a throwback to what I remember life being like when I was a kid. Anyway, so he is a pro life activist. He travels two miles south of his home to Phil- uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And he is a pro life advocate in front of an abortion clinic down there. But he does take his eldest son, who was 12 years old at the time. And this was just a few months back. And for weeks and weeks, uh, they would go down there and a a pro-abortion protester would confront the young boy, not the father, but the 12-year-old boy, Sam, saying crude, inappropriate, and disgusting things that are too vulgar to convey. Repeatedly, Mark would tell this pro-abortion man that he did not have permission to speak to his son and to please refrain from doing so. But this guy just kept doing it. And I know exactly what, what this guy was doing. And unfortunately, at, at, at a point, Mark Hauk, the father, in uh, response to his fatherly instinct, Sam, he, he, he got tired of this man doing it. He wouldn't respond to his, his pleadings to stop, and he shoved him. He shoved him twice. Now, as innocent and as justifiable as that may sound, in the eyes of the law, that is a, a crime, I guess. It's called assault and battery. So the man took him to court. But it was thrown out because it it was justifiable. We'll continue that. It was thrown out because the
1: son was not the aggressor. It turns out this pro-death gentleman was violent and the aggressor, so it got tossed out of court, which you would think would be great news, right? Until the federal government got involved. Details continue in seconds on your radio.
3: Okay, girls. About finished with your lesson on money.
2: Daddy, what is a buy sell spread for gold coins?
3: Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, twelve hundred dollars, you don't actually get twelve hundred dollars. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that.
2: Daddy, why somebody steals our gold?
3: Or I can ask them to drop it right into mommy and daddy's bank account because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org.
4: Honeyman.com.
0: Promoting God, family, and country. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Radio.
1: So this pro-death thug at an abortion clinic was attacking Mark Halk's son. And literally saying uh, evil things that happened time after time after time. Finally, Mark got sick of it, pushed the guy, said, Hey, knock it off. You don't have permission to talk to my son. Uh, it went to court. It got thrown out because the pro death guy was the aggressor to the little kid. It was like 12 years old, ladies and gentlemen. And Mark was defending his child, which he has every God given right to do, I might add. Uh, but that wasn't enough for these thugs. So the government took over from there. Your federal, out of control, Joe Biden, unconstitutional, uh, you know, government literally got involved here's the breakdown from tucker carlson of what happened and then the interview from the wife because the government eventually just kicked the door into mark's house here it is earlier this month a longtime fbi agent
6: and swat team veteran called steve friend came forward to blow the whistle on what he has seen happen to the fbi under joe biden and what he said was shocking according to agent friend biden's fbi routinely uses heavily armed swat teams to raid the homes of American citizens who dare to criticize the administration. Now, to be clear, these are people who pose no danger to anyone. These are people who haven't even been accused, much less convicted, of a violent crime. So the point is not to bring justice. The point is to terrify and intimidate Joe Biden's political opponents. Hard to believe that's happening, but it is. Last year, to name just one example, the FBI's counterterrorism division raided the home of a 69-year-old Red Cross volunteer called Joseph Bolanos. An anonymous snitch had claimed that Bolanos was at the Capitol on January 6th. Not that he did anything violent, but that he was there. It turns out that wasn't even true. It was a lie. But the feds moved forward and destroyed Bolanos' life anyway. They showed up with guns, they stole his electronic devices, and they refused to return them. The whole experience was so traumatic that Joseph Bolanos suffered two strokes. Well, on September 19th, the FBI suspended agent Steve Friend for daring to reveal what was happening, these abuses. Now, it's illegal under federal law to punish whistleblowers, but the FBI did it anyway. And then, four days later, with friend out of the way, on the morning of September 23rd, a team of nearly 30 FBI agents bristling with automatic weapons raided the home of yet another harmless man with no criminal record. That man's name was Mark Hauk. Hauk is 47. He's a leader in his local Catholic community. FBI agents pointed rifles at Hauk and his wife in front of their seven children. Once again, to be clear... Hauk is not a terrorist, he's never been accused of terrorism, he is instead a pro-lifer. Hauk founded an organization called The King's Men, it's a pro-life group that encourages men to be leaders in their communities. Now, to give you a sense of who Hauk is, we want to play this for you. Here he is describing the experience he had earlier this year praying outside an abortion clinic with his son.
2: A woman came out who had an abortion and uh,
6: we
7: offered her some post-abortion healing and um, well, we just said we'll pray for you. And as we were praying um, the sorrowful mysteries, I brought my
1: son over. I said, "Come on, let's kneel down. We're, we're going to do this, and we're going to leave." She 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 got into it. She she started attacking us personally while we were praying the sorrowful
2: mysteries. I said, "Son, this is what the Lord's talking about when He said they they hated me. They're going to hate you. They persecuted me. They're going to persecute." I whispered this to him as she was spewing all this vulgarity onto him and me. Mm. And, you know, I just told him, this is what it's going to take. This is what we have to do. This is part of the journey.
6: So that's Mark Houck. Now, he's a religious man. Not everyone is a religious person. Not everyone agrees with Mark Houck. But there's no doubt that Mark Houck is a peaceful, is a nonviolent person. In October of last year, Houck was standing outside another abortion clinic in Pennsylvania. He was joined again by his 12-year-old son. That's when a man approached and began harassing the boy. To defend his son, Hauck pushed the extremist back. That was it. Local police looked into it. The district attorney's office looked into it. Nobody pressed charges against Mark Hauck because it's not assault to protect your son from an extremist who's attacking him. But the Biden Justice Department decided to revise this view and they charged Mark Houck with a federal crime, a felony obstructing abortion access. There was no evidence that he had obstructed abortion access, but that's what they charged him with. Now, Houck learned about three months ago that the DOJ planned to charge him, and he offered to turn himself in voluntarily. That's what a civilized country allows. But that wasn't good enough for Merrick Garland's DOJ. They wanted to punish him and terrify his family, to send the right message to anyone who would dare get in the way of the Biden agenda. So the DOJ sent a team of federal agents with rifles to Houck's home. He now faces 11 years in prison for protecting his son. Now, again, it's hard to believe that any of that actually happened, but it actually did. And to confirm it, we are joined now by Mark Houck's wife, Ryan Marie Houck. She was there when the FBI raided her home and took her husband away. Mrs. Houck, thanks so much for joining us. What? Tell us your—and and I should say you're also joined uh, by your attorney, whom, whom we're grateful to have. Um, but first, you, Mrs. Houck, what was this experience like for you and for your children?
8: Um, well, uh— It was um, devastating, I mean, as you can imagine, it's, I mean, it's hard to even express um, the victimization and, you know, how how traumatized we all are um, due to this unnecessary um, thing that happened to us, you know, so. How how (laughs) how many FBI agents,
6: it's hard even to imagine. Given that neither you nor know your husband, nor any of your seven children, been charged with a violent crime or accused of violence, um, how many FBI agents would, with guns would you estimate showed up at your house?
8: Um, it had it had to have been twenty, twenty five, thirty. I mean, uh, we have a large property. Um, my entire front yard—you um, could barely see it. It was covered with at least fifteen. Um, big trucks and cars, and there were, uh, you know, like I said, 20, 25, 30 uh, men, women, uh, completely in jackets with shields and helmets and guns, and they were behind cars. It was, I mean, something I never would expect to see on my front lawn. Um, It was crazy.
6: Yeah, I mean, maybe in China or Venezuela. Uh, Peter Breen is your attorney, um, and we're happy that you're here, Mr. Breen. Is this, have you ever seen anything like this ever in this country? Not at all. Uh, This is reckless and
9: outrageous. It put the Houck family in unnecessary danger. Uh, And it was the sort of thing that uh, when we've offered to bring him in, uh, didn't get a response, and not just—even if you're going to arrest a regular person, you just send a couple agents, they'd knock on the door. Uh, not dragging the head of the family out, violating the sanctity of the home, pointing guns at them. This was outrageous and uncalled for.
6: Uh, uh, were, were we right in saying that local authorities had assessed the altercation between Mr. Houck and the extremist who attacked his son and decided not to press charges against anyone? Is that correct? The Philadelphia
9: DA refused to press charges— And he's not a friend of pro-life, he's a Soros uh, ally. Uh, Then the the alleged victim filed a private criminal complaint, which eventually the local courts threw out because the guy couldn't be bothered to to show up for the hearings. So the local court system, which is where if there were a crime committed on that sidewalk, would have dealt with it, they said no. And so that is where this matter should have ended. This was not a federal crime. Uh, We have controlling case law on that, strong defenses, But instead, they've taken an innocent man and made an example out of him, presumably to send a message to pro-life people and people of faith across this country.
6: It's a terrifying attack on civil liberties and on human rights. I'm just going to point blank ask, if if viewers are interested in learning more or helping the Houck family through this, is there some place they can go for details?
9: Well, we've set up a site, Defend Life Today, defendlifetoday.com. Uh, we have uh, we've got our whole Thomas More legal team on this because we if we can push back against the Department of Justice here, we can get them to stop, not do this again to someone else. We've also hired the best criminal defense attorney in Philadelphia, one of the best in the country to help us with this matter. And uh, you know that's that that costs money. But we are going to make the commitment that we are going to, to take this all the way to succeed and hopefully prevail in
6: the end, which we are confident of. It's so horrifying that I really have to hope people are punished for real for this. And finally, Mrs. Mrs. How, how are your children doing? I have to ask.
8: Uh, you know, it's, it's hard to tell. The older ones, you, we can talk, we can cry. Um, we've, you know, we've had some counseling. Uh, we have more counseling to do. Um, and the little ones, uh, they're scared. They're scared. There's a lot of crying and a lot of, um, a lot of unrestful sleep. Uh, a lot of kids in our bed at night and in the
6: morning. Well, I hope every one of those agents who showed up at your home with automatic weapons is watching this and feeling deep shame. I really do. Uh, All right, there you
1: have it, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks so much to Tucker Carlson for that incredible breakdown and review. He had the wife on, the attorney on, Mark Halk on. He gave a website, defendlifetoday.com, where people can get involved to make a difference and help. And when we come back, Chris Carlson is going to break this down Um, and give his comments on your radio hang tight ladies and gentlemen I'm Sam Bushman with Chris Carlson this is the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live
0: pursuing Liberty using the Constitution as our guide You're listening to Liberty News Radio.
3: USA Radio News.
5: At least 33 people in Florida have died due to Hurricane Ian. This is based off of information from the Florida Medical Examiner's Commission and inquiries with local officials and authorities. The Category 4 storm slammed into Florida's southwest coast Wednesday afternoon, causing catastrophic damage, fierce winds, and dangerous record-breaking storm surge. The death toll from the storm has been rising amidst ongoing search and rescue missions. Governor Ron DeSantis. Uh,
9: There have been more than 700 confirmed rescues, and there's likely uh, many more than that.
10: Governor Ron DeSantis knows that some people in Florida right now are without cell service, but he did give out a web address for those who would like to contact their loved ones.
9: Missing.fl.gov. Missing.fl.gov.
10: From the Gulf Coast Radio News Bureau, I'm Tony Maruso. The
5: U.S. Center for Disease Control and Prevention issued a new warning to healthcare providers about severe illnesses in people with monkeypox. The alert comes as Ohio reported that an individual with monkeypox has died. This is the third known death of a patient with monkeypox in the United States. The CDC says people who were exposed to monkeypox through sexual contact should get tested for HIV or other sexually transmitted disease. President Joe Biden is responding after the Russian president, Vladimir Putin, had signed decrees annexing four regions into the Russian Federation. Biden promised that the U.S., along with its allies and partners, would not let any support for Putin's land grab go unpunished. This is USA Radio News.
11: You know, it's true. Difficult times have a way of focusing us. We have to think about what matters most when it comes to our spending, our health care. No doubt. This is why so many people are joining MetaShare right now. Medishare is a trusted way to save up to fifty percent on your monthly health care costs. More than four hundred thousand people have already made the switch. It's pretty obvious why, too, especially now during this challenging season with healthcare costs and out-of-pocket expenses going up. Medishare can save you a lot of money. The typical family saves five hundred dollars a month. And Medishare is a Christian healthcare sharing ministry that's worked beautifully for twenty-nine years. There are different options to choose from to fit your budget. I'll give you the number here in a second. And if you call, you can get a price within two minutes. Maybe now is the perfect time to make the switch and start saving. Here you go. Call 833-34-BIBLE. That's 833-34-BIBLE. 833-34-BIBLE.
0: politicians, bureaucrats, and educrats, and all do-getters to please obey the supreme law of the land, the Constitution. This is Liberty Roundtable.
1: Joe took office by election fraud, ladies and gentlemen. We've been telling you that forever. They deny it till the cows come home, but every day more evidence validates our point, including the FBI shutting down all the Criminal activity by Hunter and Joe and promoting the false information about the Russian collusion, etc. by Donald Trump. That alone is enough election fraud. Plus, they not only did that uh, in the media, but they also then manipulated the media and paid the media to peddle uh, the porn of dishonesty. And uh, that alone is election fraud, ladies and gentlemen, to say the least. Uh, But I digress. I bring it all up, though, to say the terror from the Joe administration uh, has started or began when Joe took office. And it continues to ratchet up with the FBI, the CIA, the Justice Department, literally all criminals running around and abusing people. And poor Mark and his family, ladies and gentlemen. When you look at that and you just go, wow, what on earth is going on? This poor Mark Howell family man, father of seven, facing 11 years in prison and hefty fines. After defending his young son against the Planned Parenthood demon, really is the bottom line what's going on, ladies and gentlemen. you got to go to their website and help if you can. DefendLifetoday.com. Chris? Yeah, Sam, and I'm sorry, that...
2: That little segment from always, Tucker Carlson does a great job. It just enraged me, even though I did the research on this, the way he presents it. I mean, it just – it puts into perspective the criminality and the demonic nature of, of the, what the FBI has become. And to think that Donald Trump was the one who appointed the head of the FBI, Christopher Wray, you can't let him off the hook either. These, these people are clearly demoniacs, and I mean that advisedly. I mean that literally. They are literally possessed with lying and violent spirits that are wreaking havoc on the Christian community, and now it devolves upon the Christian community, Sam, we have an opportunity in about 39 days or so to elect representatives, especially in the House of Representatives, because that's where the Articles of the impeachment begin, in the um, House of Representatives. If we as a people continue to re-elect uh Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham clones and think that they're going to do anything close to impeachment of the president because you think about the the, um the uh, line of command it's the president he's over the Department of Justice and then the Department of Justice under Merrick Garfinkel is over the FBI so the chain of command is clearly there so the president is now culpable for those activities but he uh sits idly by and allows to happen whether he's involved directly or not it doesn't matter that man needs to be impeached so now it devolves upon the american people to select representatives especially like i said in the house of representatives and if you continue to re-elect the same representatives who have refused to impeach um, whatever you name it they, the people have been in office for 40 or, or plus years every president since i was born is Deserving impeachment and only one of them has been so now it devolves on this so-called 75 percent Christian nation saying to do yeah, something. Now keep about in mind, Chris,
1: keep in mind and Tucker Carlson highlighted this a little bit before he talked about Mark's case. He mentioned a couple of other cases, but understand clearly there have been dozens and dozens uh, of FBI raids and attacks on Christians, on pro-life folks, on people who believe in health, truth, freedom, uh, on all kinds of groups and individuals. Uh, There's been dozens and dozens of these raids. They're out of control, and a lot of them are based on flat-out dishonest lies uh, from so-called secret informants or snitches or whatever you want to say. It's not even true, and then you can't find out who your snitch is. Uh, So you can't face your accuser. It's absolutely criminal behavior by your general government, ladies and gentlemen. They are off the rails. Checks and balances are gone. And Christians, sadly, are in the crosshairs, Chris.
2: Yeah, let me work a little different angle on on this. Yeah, what you said is absolutely 100% right. But as you know, Sam, I'm a graduate of the Young University. And as you know, the FBI recruits heavily from Brigham Young University. I'm not sure why, but they
1: do. So that leads me I can to tell you why. Action. Hold on, let me stop. Let me stop. I can tell you why. Because what happens is when you recruit good Christian people, uh, they do it from a Notre Dame and Catholic schools as well as Brigham Young University, because these people are not partiers. These people are not blow These people are not uh, deranged. They're very intelligent. They're very dedicated, and they're very true. And all you have to do is teach them to, to, to stand for God, family, and country. It reminds me of the guy that is a young man, and he wants to go into the military, and he thinks he's going to defend the greatest country in the world. And he's ready to all fire it up to go. And then when he gets in the middle of the war, he goes, wait a minute. They betrayed me. This isn't at all what I've stood up for. Um, these young college kids that are brilliant and great, honest, good, hardworking, smart individuals, they get indoctrinated into the programs of the FBI, and they don't have any idea because, remember, when you talk about the military or FBI or some of these places, CIA, everything is compartmentalized. And so a lot of these smart young people mean well and go there with the greatest intentions in their hearts and in their minds. But they're only given a dribble of the truth of what's really going on. And they're getting these indoctrination stories about the justification or needs for certain behavior or certain actions uh, and these these youngsters that are in college don't have any idea that it's as corrupt as all get out at the top. They think they're on the Lord's errand. They think they're on the greatest country on the face of the earth's errand. They think they're battling for the sacred cause of liberty when they're being betrayed by their handlers. They're being betrayed by their snitches. They're being betrayed by the brass at the top who has a completely different agenda than the do- indoctrination that they've been given in their siloed scenario and that's really what's going on and they love those people because they don't ask questions they're not wise enough they don't think for themselves because they've been indoctrinated in college forever and they're just thinking they're on the, you know God family country and by golly and, and so they don't ask questions and they don't dig in and they don't know what their leaders are really doing or advocating for but they like them because they're very smart but they've been learned to follow orders Chris
2: that's true. As you said, they are compartmentalized, but that doesn't uh, that doesn't uh, excuse them from the responsibility as insiders. And so they read the news just as well as we do, Sam. They know what's going on uh, within the FBI, and they and they work there. Additionally, they are in a unique position, Sam. And I know a lot of them are my co-religionists, members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. If they're being recruited from Brigham Young University, because the majority of students there are from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. They should be conscientious enough as insiders and being in that unique position and having access to some of the leaders who are directing these illegal and satanic operations, they should be conscientious enough to at least be whistleblowers. And I'm calling on them, if anybody uh, in in a position in the FBI to become a whistleblower, you need to stand up and you need to represent uh, God and Jesus Christ and opposing these evil, demonic operations against good Christian people, the foundation of this country. You're spot on, Chris, except
1: for, you know, Tucker Carlson highlighted what happens when you whistleblow. You get absolutely slaughtered and attacked and sued and belittled and ridiculed and mocked and persecuted uh, for being a whistleblower. And, And Tucker Carlson highlighted an example of that in his narrative as well. So it's very tough for these people. I get that they should stand up, and I agree. But I'm telling you that it's, that it's a lot more complicated and more difficult for folks than we think because the evil, the top brass, is so evil, because it's so pervasive, because it's so ubiquitous, Chris.
2: Yeah, well, it reminds me of a scripture that I was going to read at some point, Acts 541. When the apostles were persecuted, the early um, apostles of the church, it says, And they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame, for his name. And we are going to be called to suffer shame for his name. Eventually you and I, Sam, may be caught up in a controversy like this based on some of the comments we make on the radio. I don't know. Either way, I'm prepared to suffer shame for his name and be imprisoned or whatever. I might have my life taken from me as a result of making uh, a solid moral Christian stand on issues like these. But, uh, I mean, it, it should demonstrate to you that you're on the right track.
1: Well, there's no question these people demoniacs, ladies and gentlemen, they are absolutely out of control. And the only way for to be stopped is, again, as I mentioned in yesterday's broadcast, we need religion and morality to be the two great supports. We need people who will have virtue and fidelity in their public and their private life. And then we need good, honest, and wise servants. It's not enough to be a good guy. You gotta be honest and wise. It's not enough to be honest. You gotta be good and wise. It's not enough to be wise. You gotta be good and honest as well. Folks, the message seems to be that we have to tolerate everyone's values, in fact, promote and back everyone's values, except for those of the God-fearing Christians. And that's what they boiled us down to in America today. Unless the God-fearing Christians, the moral majority stands up and demands accountability for these criminals, they will get more and more brazen, more and more in your face, more and more evil and violent and belligerent in their tactics because that's what demon-crazy followers of Satan do. Quick pause, a lot more in seconds on your radio.
0: With news the networks refuse to use. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show.
1: All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Look, the enemies of liberty, those who want to deny God, family, and country, they are going for broke, and they're using the big corporate world and their big money to do it, Chris. Yes, sir. So I don't know if the
2: name, Mark Benioff, who is the CEO of a company called Salesforce. It's a um, multinational major corporation. I'm sure it has capitalization of tens of millions of dollars. And we're going back in time alone. We're going back about seven years. So in the state of Indiana, they passed a law basically that allowed businesses to enter into contractual agreements with whomever they choose to enter into contractual agreements with. Which sounds pretty reasonable, right? I mean, if you wanna bake a cake, uh, for a homosexual or a lesbian couple, you have every right to do that. If you choose not to because of your Christian beliefs, you should have every right to do that as well. Now, I have customer, you know, I have a business, Sam, uh, and I have customers who have chosen to live a homosexual lifestyle, and that doesn't bother me. So I do enter into contractual agreements with them. It doesn't bother me. They pay me, they get me, they, they treat me very well, and I treat them well. But there are some people who are Christians who feel that's not appropriate. So the state of Indiana in 2015 uh, passed such a law. So this individual, Mark Benioff, who is the CEO of Salesforce, says if they don't change that law, they don't repeal that law, we're going to withdraw our services from the state of Indiana. And 200 other corporations uh, then operating in the state of Indiana said that they would do the same thing, too. In fact, the NCAA at that time, they were having um, the NCAA uh, championships, and the final four was scheduled to be held right there in Indiana. Um, And I'm not sure exactly if the law was repealed or not. I think it was not, but I could be mistaken. But it, it just goes into this intellectual uh, argument as to whether or not we, as private business owners, Sam, should have the option of discriminating. And I know that sounds like a very pejorative word, discrimination, or not. But if you think about it, in just about every decision we make in life, we discriminate. When we marry, we discriminate against other potential women or men who we might choose to marry. When we choose our friends, for example, Sam, we're discriminating and, and choose the people that we don't choose to, you know, call friends. We, we're discriminating, you know, when we take certain jobs and reject others. We're discriminating. So just about every decision we make is an act of discrimination. Yet there are people who, who uh, think that we should not be able to discriminate in private business practices. I think we should. I think the founding fathers, as a matter of fact, should have included that as one of the of uh, the bills uh, in, in the bill of rights, and Bill housing goes the same way. But I find it ironic, and if, if you don't mind me pointing this out, so here, yeah, this, before uh, you go video. on, though, on the
1: bill of rights, though, I want to be very careful when we talk about the bill of rights. You know, everybody wants to amend things, everybody wants to change things, and I get their point. I don't disagree with a lot of what they're saying, but understand we've got the best we're going to get until the savior comes when it comes to the bill of rights, when it comes to. The Constitution, when it comes to the Declaration of Independence, we have got the best we're going to get until the Savior comes. And even though I realize there's some inadequacies to some degree, uh, I have some misgivings, like a lot of the Bill of Rights the founders wanted to put in uh, got rejected. There's a lot of the um, amendments now that have been added that I disagree with. But the more we change it and go away from the Founding Father esque viewpoint, The more we think we can improve upon it, what we'll end up doing is going sideways or backwards, folks. And the reason we will is because the people of today aren't as moral and aren't as good. They're not self-governed in public and private. Uh, They're not uh, a moral, a virtuous, a religious, a righteous people. And that's why we're going to go sideways or backwards the more we tamper with it. And so I like to focus on saying, look, we need to have morality in the people, religion in the people. We need to have virtue in our public and private lives. We need to realize it's about God, family, and country. We need to realize that it's self-governance that's the key to the exercise. And uh, so we have a lot to live up to. What we don't need to do is just tamper with it and think we can make the guidance better. Let's work on ourselves and make ourselves better uh, because we're not gonna, gonna improve by law or by force or by mandate or by edict or by document. It's gotta be written in the fleshly tablets of our hearts. It's got to be written in our hearts and our minds. It's got to be in our actions and in our beliefs. We've got to have a fundamental understanding of it uh, to our very core. And when we do, you know what? We can exceed the documents by our lives and our living and our righteousness and our morality. Uh, God's Spirit can enter into us as a people and as families. And you know what? Society will never be stronger than the fundamental unit of society, which is the family. And so we need to understand that, you know, we want a document to fix it. We want a law to fix it. We want an edict to fix it. That is not the answer. We want a bill of right to fix it. Well, with every right you have becomes responsibility. Let's take responsibility for the rights we already have. So I don't mean to go off on a whole side uh, story on this, um, Chris, but I do want to clearly kind of identify folks. We don't want to spend time on the wrong Issues. We don't want to spend time on the wrong, um, what we think to be solutions, but in my opinion, will only make things worse. Because if we can change it one time, we can change it again. If we can change it one way for the right way, all it'll take is a bad group to get in and change it again for the wrong way. So opening opening these things up for changes, in my opinion, is one of our worst enemies, Chris.
2: Well, yeah, and you're 100% correct. So the essence of the the message that I, I guess that we... Sam are trying to convey is, you know, let us be true Christians. I mean, if we were were following God and his laws and Jesus Christ the way we should as Christians, Sam, we wouldn't need a Bill of Rights. In fact, a lot of the founding fathers thought that the Bill of Rights uh, would be obsolete because of, you know, uh, some of the other checks and balances and because of the fact that we were a religious and immoral nation. But I think we can say at this point we are rapidly becoming Uh, a very unrighteous and an unmoral nation or immoral nation so it's just a sad commentary but on an individual basis you're right you know we should work uh, internally rather than externally to try to create change but i just find it ironic that this um the ceo uh mark benioff of salesforce which which is a major multi-million dollar corporation is asserted uh, his right or his company's right not to do business with the people in the state of Indiana, while denying those same people the same right to discriminate against people that they choose to discriminate against. I guess it's okay for Salesforce to discriminate against those who they disagree with, while vilifying those who choose to exercise the same prerogative. I just thought, thought I found I, I found that a little bit ironic. Now. Uh, it seems like the only people we can discriminate against now is, is Christians. Everybody else is in a protected group. So that's where we are. Um, I don't know if we can call our nation a Christian nation uh, anymore. I think it's a a divided nation.
1: Amen to that. um, We know the ungodly rulers of this world have and always will persecute the Lord's anointed. So those who stand up for what is right have always been persecuted. The Savior was and anybody who stands for the principles of peace. After the order of the Prince of Peace, all of us have been persecuted and prosecuted and abused and maligned, etc. So understand that as a reality check, right, Chris? It's important to really understand that. And if you pick up the cross, so to speak, expect that to happen to you, too. I'm not saying it's a good thing, but it's a reality thing. And those who stand for what is right will always have the blowback, the abuse, the hostility, the um, marginalization, the... A destruction of one character and i mean it's always been so chris and so we need to be aware yeah. and be uh, understanding be beware and be aware <laughs> of that reality
2: yeah. yeah and as ironic as it may sound saying we need to take comfort in the fact that you know if we are being persecuted like mark Houch is i mean he can take comfort in the fact that he's effective enough as a christian uh to warrant that type of persecution. I know it's not easy when you're sitting there in jail wondering how long you're going to be here, if you're going to have a trial or when you're going to have a trial. It's not easy, uh, but it, it should give us uh, the peace of Jesus Christ to know that you know, we are worthy of that persecution. And I haven't suffered anything near what he's suffering now, but, you know, and, and we should pray for him. We should pray for him and his family because they're going through a lot. Anyway, do you want to talk about uh, George and Maloney? That's been big news this week. Uh, the new prime minister of Italy, she's supposed to be a conservative. and
1: um, A nutcase is her, what she is.
2: <laughs> I didn't expect those harsh words from you, Sam, but I, I would agree that she, she's probably another um, Donald Trump, in my opinion, and in Bill Scouts' opinion. You want to hear some of her background? So, Dr. Dr. Robert Malone, we know Dr. Robert Malone. He's the one that is uh, credited with developing the uh, the mRNA mRNA
1: technology, basically.
2: Technology, yeah, the the gene therapy technology. Well, it looks like he's got some uh, political bones in his body because uh, he did a a little editorial on um, Ms. Maloney. Miss Georgia Maloney. Here's what he has to say. See, he says a close friend of mine who lives in Rome, which is Maloney's base, and is very embedded in current Italian politics has a different opinion of her. In other words, she may not be a conservative. That's my editorial comment. Um, And he says uh, that, that this friend of his has a more jaded point of view than I do. And Maloney has been in the political game for so long, she's voted. Now, listen to this. So here's some of the things that she's voted for in the past. She's voted for COVID mandates. She's voted for the Green Pass and other mandates. Uh, but as elections approached, she, she erased all of her tweets and posts, on her, apparently on her Facebook and um, Twitter account, and started promoting three choice. So, I mean, does that sound familiar? It sounds like somebody else that I knew who was a lifelong Democrat and hung out with the Clintons the majority of his life. And then all of a sudden overnight, he became a lifelong Republican. And I think you know who I'm talking about. So this may be yeah, Go ahead and say his up. name. I
1: interviewed him, Chris. Yeah, <laughs> Donald, I know. I know. Donald Dick Donald. Morris, very interesting character. He thinks he's a constitutional conservative now. and. Uh, you know, very, very strange how these uh, people play the game in the deep state, huh? Oh
2: yeah, I, I saw. You. Okay, no, Dick Morris is another good candidate uh, under that category as well. So here's what Joel scales and adds. So enjoy the growing anti-globalist feelings. This is World Affairs brief from uh, yesterday, as a matter of fact. No, no, last week. No, no, yesterday. My apologies. So enjoy the growing anti-globalist feelings while they last um the, the daily signal says the world is waking up to the globalist threat and he goes on to say i'm sure it is in part but it's still far from a majority remember too that the globalists have ways of co-opting the opposition as they have done for years in france and austria the aspen institute is one of the most powerful globalist leaders leadership organizations and she is a member of the aspen institute so that's the point that he was making anyway
1: all right ladies and gentlemen hour one in the can hour two coming up man we're going to talk about vaccines a whole lot more because man this stuff is riveting uh robert malone certainly standing at liberty but there's some interesting interviews and some interesting publications that we want to dig into and make sure you're aware of the truth shall set us free ladies and gentlemen i'm sam bushman and for myself and chris carlson We declare we the people, along with the grace of the Almighty, we can and will restore our grand old republic. you got to get involved, make it a great day, and choose the right, though. LibertyRoundTable.com, LovingLiberty.net, share the love, tell your neighbor. And we declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America.
0: Casting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show Talk Show.
1: All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman Live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that networks refuse to use always on tap when we're live. This is the broadcast for October the 1st in the year of our Lord, 2022, and this is our two of two, and we're always promoting God, family, and country, protecting life, liberty, and property. This is Two Hours with Chris Carlson. Ladies and gentlemen, wow, have we got a lot going on in the news, that's for sure. Ladies and gentlemen, Senator Josh Hawley of Missouri wrote an open letter to Attorney General Merrick Garland asking why the Biden administration... Is arresting Catholic Christians, right? And treating them like terrorists, complete with SWAT style tactics, while letting actual terrorists who are involved in bombings and everything else go. No repercussions whatsoever, no accountability. Why, Josh Hawley asks. Well, America isn't going to answer, Josh. Senators, you guys are out in the weeds with nothing more than letters at this time. You need to impeach these people. You need to prosecute these people. And if we don't have the checks and balances in America to get this done, we're in serious trouble. But this really highlights what Biden and his administration are doing, Chris. Yeah, you know, I find it
2: interesting that it's always senators who call out presidents, because if it were members of the House of Representatives, then, the next logical question would be, then why aren't you entering articles of, of impeachment? because Senators can say, "Well, we can't do that in the Senate. we can only try it the the you know the, the impeachment hearings so don't you find that convenient that it's always senators because they have plausible deniability when it comes to impeachment they say well that that's up to the House of Representatives anyway, that's just a sideline, yeah. Well, since the Biden administration has taken power in January 2021, Sam, uh, Garland's Department of Justice, under the FBI, who the the head of the FBI, by the way, was appointed by Donald Trump, and we knew that he was a deep stater, and Donald Trump didn't, for whatever reason, um, has uh, committed dozens of SWAT team raids that have been characterized as political weaponization of the federal agencies against pro-lifers, Trump supporters, conservative Christians, and medical freedom advocates. And I want to contrast this, Sam, uh, to what happened in 2020 when left-wing rioters caused enormous damage in cities across the nation, and the vandals who have attacked dozens of pro-life centers this year with little or no legal. We forget about the fact, and I I looked at a couple of articles while I was doing this research of the vandalism, In fact, one pro-life center was actually set afire. So I don't see any investiga- investigations or outcry on the part of uh, any high-profile political figures about the attacks on pro-life centers. I don't. I just don't see that happening. But anyway, and then and then we talk we we talk about provocations. Um, and I like to go to uh, back to about a month when Bi- Biden declared war on conservative Christians, and this was just unprecedented. And I know you covered it extensively since, but I think we should uh, uh, revisit some of the uh, things that he said during that speech where he had the red lighting in the background and he had the military uh, background with the— Yeah, it was creepy, ladies and gentlemen,
1: and looked like a a, a dictator, third-world dictator, more than a constitutional republic's president, ladies and gentlemen. This is what I mean by he's, um, in my opinion, illegally taken power due to election and vote fraud. Uh, they say, I claim with that without evidence, but they lie. Uh, but, you know, you look at that speech and you go, whoa, what have we evolved into? But he made some very bold, clear, hostile statements uh, in that speech. On one hand, he supposedly took office saying, I'm the uniter. Let's all unite together and, and, and take on this, you know, the troubles that we face as Americans. But he's now proved himself with this speech as the great divider. Uh, and he did so very hostily against anybody who doesn't agree with him is really what it amounts to, Chris.
2: Yep. And I, I'm going to go ahead and revisit some of those uh, bold statements that you referred to there, Sam. You said Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans. And then I inserted uh, MAGA uh, Republicans as code word for Christians, Sam. I mean, can you deny that? I mean, it's basically a veiled uh, attack on Christians. I mean, it's code word. Anyway, he goes on to say uh, Donald Trump and the Maga Republicans represent an extremist threat, an extremism that threatens the very foundation of our republic. Uh, and I would actually, ironically, Sam, I'm, I'm going to agree with them because they are not based on constitutional principles. They are not based on uh, sound Christian religious principles. They're based more on personality and emotion. So, and in, in it's a strange… Uh, since I guess I agree with him on that he goes on to say Maggie Republicans do not respect the Constitution. And this is classic uh, projection. I mean, listen to this projection. He goes on to say they do not believe in the rule of law. Well, neither do the Democrats, because <laughs> I do agree. The Republicans don't, don't believe in the rule of law. They Do not recognize the will of the people. Um, yes and no. I mean, obviously, we tolerate, we get the government, for the most part that we tolerate, absent voter fraud, and I know there was massive voter fraud, but I really, Sam, I don't think that we would be in much a much better condition in this country had Donald Trump been elected as president or been recognized as the duly elected president, which I believe he was. Uh, I think we'd be a little better off. We'd probably be energy independent. Uh, But as far as the morality of this country is concerned, I don't think Donald Trump really contributed hardly anything to the morality of this country. Anyway, uh, getting back on on the uh, speech that Joe Biden gave a a month ago. Well, and a lot of the big reason that
1: things would not be much better under Donald Trump is because what would happen if Donald Trump would have got elected? uh, These liberals and these, um, you know, communists and uh, socialists and whatever you want to call these terrorists – they would have literally created a civil war, and that's what they're claiming now. If the Republicans win, you literally have uh, a lot of the Democrats saying right now, look, we'll, we'll, we'll literally go violent. We'll literally commit a civil war. We'll I mean, even Liz Cheney, supposedly a Republican, says, hey, if Donald becomes the nominee in 2024 and if the Republicans take over in 2022, she's literally going to double down and campaign for the Democrats. Okay, so this is the kind of stuff we're talking about. They're literally threatening violence and threatening a civil war, folks, if conservatives or Republicans or whatever you want to call them take power. And believe it or not, um, Chris, that's not even the constitutionalists that I would put in positions of authority in America today or put in positions of of elected office and service to the people. Okay, I mean, these are just Republican— uh, rhinos in many, many, many cases. Uh, I would put true constitutionalists in. You think that they'd come unhinged when rhinos get in office? The other side of the aisle, the fake, you know, separation of of the parties and stuff. I would put real constitutionalists in that would change this country uh, back to our founding fatheresque viewpoint and behavior and attitude and willingness to keep their oaths of office and obey the law and, and understand the checks and balances and rein in uh, any government agency that's out of control and shut down any unconstitutional government agency and so on and so on and so on. So, you know, it's interesting to me that when just rhinos get in, they're ready to create a civil war because they say, oh, we're so opposing one another. But man, if I were to get my guys in office, uh, we would have an absolute return to the founding father-esque viewpoint. Now, I would not embrace slavery, uh, but the, the primary principles of the, of the greatest country on the face yeah. of the earth, the constitutional republic with its checks and balances absolutely I would embrace, and I'd be a constitutionalist uh, with original intent, meaning I don't believe it's a living, breathing document that could be changed at any time. I believe in the, the intent of the founders, and I believe we should carry out the constitutional fidelity that we owe to our founders, uh, a legacy to and a, and a carry forward of. I would basically um, carry that out with uh, original intent, and I'd have fidelity to that. So they think that they've um, you know, got a battle on their hands with uh, rhinos. Just imagine what they'd have with guys like me, Chris. But they're really threatening civil war over this even. Yeah.
2: But I think if if we did return to Constitution and we're so far removed from it today, we're so far not only removed from constitutional principles, Sam, from Christian principles. And, and I hate to say that, even among my co-religionists in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, I see so many deviations from what we used to believe just 25, 30 years ago when I was younger that I I don't think I think the majority of Americans would reject constitutional government, even if it was handed to them on a silver platter. But anyway, that's I, I digress. Um, I agree. No, that yeah, And is the well primary taken.
1: reason for that, though, Chris, is because we've allowed them to be indoctrinated and propagandized in the government schools, the tenth plank of the Communist Manifesto, uh, for literally way too long, my friend. And if you have that happen generation after generation, are we surprised we've lost the understanding of? Uh, the appreciation for our founders and what they've suffered and what they gave up and what they sacrificed and everything else. Hey, people are not in connection with those things because they haven't been taught. They don't know. And you cannot be saved any faster than you have knowledge. Okay, if you expect to be ignorant yeah. and free, you expect what never was and never will be. And so we've simply lost this great treasure of knowledge this great understanding that the founding fathers brought forward on our behalf with great sacrifice. We've lost that understanding through educational indoctrination and propaganda. And that's why we find ourselves in this position.
2: Yeah. And I'll give you a case in point. And this involves uh, the leadership of my own church. Uh, I have a quote from a general authority and what a general authority in the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day saints is, is basically one of the, the, the main leaders who gives talks on a regular basis to instruct the membership of the church on on principles that we should be abiding by, I have a quote from him, and he just recently died, like seven years ago. His name is uh, Boyd K. Packer. and in the quote he says, "If you are ever destitute of food, clothing, and shelter, you first go to your family. Secondly, uh, no, you you first go, yes, you first go to your family. Secondly, you go to your church, but you never resort to government handouts." Today, you will never hear a statement like that in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, unfortunately.
1: There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Chris Carlson and Sam Bushman continue in seconds on your favorite talk
13: station. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less. Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better having a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's gonna do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats, Who are they? Virtually the whole body
1: talking about the persecution of christians ladies and gentlemen we're talking about what joe biden has done to our country and you know wnd.com has an interesting uh, statement at the end of a lot of their news articles they basically say how can we ladies and gentlemen have had such a wonderful country with the rule of law with morality and religion with uh, a good um, virtuous people and how could we have In a short period of time, fallen so fast, turned away from what made America great, jettisoned all the principles uh, that our founders sacrificed so much for. And I don't have the wording in front of me that they use for this, but they're basically highlighting what on earth happened. Uh, And it's a fair question to explore and to discuss, Chris, because in a simple way you can say, well, we're not moral anymore. We've turned our backs on God. And that's all true. But how did this happen so quickly? And I would submit to the WND.com people, it didn't happen so quickly. It's happened over the last several generations. Okay, the reason that it feels like it happened so quickly is because it's taken a long time to dismantle the greatest country on the face of the earth. It's taken a long time for the immorality to surface. Um, Look, when they were killing babies wholesale in America, and they killed up to 60 million of them, Uh, Since 1973 when Roe versus Wade kind of went down for 50 years almost or whatever They've been destroying and murdering the most innocent among us while that was happening. You know Satan was pleased Because we just catered to it and kowtowed to it and didn't put up a fight now that there's a fight on their hands though You're seeing their true colors It isn't that it's instant that it happened in a short period of time (laughs) It's that we let them have their way with us. Look at the drugs of the 60s and the immorality of the free love of the 60s. and everything. We've allowed this stuff to go on without a challenge. And so it hasn't seemed like it's been any battle lines. But as we moved left and as we've simply left uh, uh, all things that we hold dear on the cutting floor, now when a few of us are starting to go, wait a minute, hold on, and when we start to see a few sea changes in our direction, then the demons come out because they're like, wait a minute. We're not gonna give an inch. Well, we've been giving miles over decades and generations. And so this isn't a recent phenomenon, this is just it's all coming to a head now, Chris. That would be my uh, response to them on this point and their questions are good ones. But I think the answer is, is, is in what I'm saying. It hasn't happened overnight, folks, at all. It's just coming to an ugly head and people are starting to see it. They used to do these evil things in secret. Now it's in your face, right? And so that's kind of the difference is Americans are starting to realize they're waking up to the sense of their awful state, so to speak, Chris.
2: Yeah. And as you mentioned, it started in the late sixties, this free love movement. I I think that had a lot to do with it. If not the majority of our problems today stem from that era where we, we decided as a, a Christian nation that it was okay to have sexual relations with those to whom we were not legally or lawfully married. And I think, well, there's that scripture, of course, that where the savior says, if you look upon a woman to lust after you, you cannot have my spirit to be with you. And I think if you're uh, acting out on, on those lustful feelings, it's even worse. I don't think we have the spirit with us generally as a nation. And and even members of, of Christian sex are, are living in sin. I know members of my own extended family who, when they were younger, uh, you know, only exercise those powers within the sacred bonds of marriage, but today they're living a free, willing, uh, sexually uh, open lifestyle that they would have never dreamed because they would have been ostracized by their neighbors today or, or you know, back then. But yeah, good. I'm sorry I went off on that tangent, but you're right. I've never seen the Christian community in America so intimidated by our opposition either. And I think that's because we've embraced the communist manifesto and there is no strength in communism. There's no strength in um, ignoring God's laws. There's only strength in keeping those.
1: And I think, and it's interesting to me, the churches even have embraced and the, the schools have embraced and the uh, society has embraced. I mean, you have Provo, Utah, For example, one of the most conservative cities and one of the most conservative counties, Utah County, supposedly in the United States, but they literally had a gay, sexual, bisexual, transgender parade not too long ago where they literally had cross-dressers on stage, you know, twerking and engaged in all these sexual promiscuity, and they called it a family-friendly event. You had these drag queens rolling out and performing and everything else, and... Uh, You know, anybody who spoke up, spoke up against it or tried to stop it was considered the bad guy. What on earth is going on? But see, that's what we've come to. We've come to you've got to accept these behaviors as normal and you've got to embrace them or somehow you're a bad guy. You're a terrorist. You're an enemy. You're unkind. You're a hater. You're okay. We've allowed these lies to become so. Ubiquitous so pervasive in our society to where even when you stand up for what's right now, you get opposed by church leaders, you get opposed by colleges, you get opposed by communities and mayors and, um, you know, county commissions and, uh, you know, they have it right out in the open in your face. And if you dare challenge it, you're the bad guy. You're the one. In fact, you might get arrested if you don't just sit down and shut up. See, and they've allowed this stuff to where now it's just coming out in your face. And I'm telling you right now, it's going to get way worse if we don't do something about it, Chris, because what's next? Yeah, you got to ask that. Well, question uh, for like, yourself. what is well, next if we allow them to do whatever they want to?
2: Yeah, it, it's only a one directional street, and I'm looking to give you another case in point. I, I hate to bring up these these bad examples because, you know, I like to be optimistic and look at you know, the future optimistically. But I'm looking, I'm literally right now, Sam, I'm looking out my window at a home of a woman who was recently divorced and who has been bragging to certain individuals within my congregation that she is now sleeping with various and sundry men on a regular basis. Normally in my church, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, she would have been excommunicated. In other words, she would have been Uh, called into a bishop's council and the bishop would have informed her that she is no longer a member in good standing and that if she ever wanted to get back into the church she had to comply with certain measures uh, repent and and show evidence that her repentance was sincere and prolonged she is still a member in good standing in my congregation she comes to church regularly and like I said, that would, 25 years ago, that would have never happened. So that's a very sad commentary, and I hate to report that that's occurring in the church that I belong to, but it is. And uh, it's probably not going to get any better until people just stand up and put their foot down and say, listen, this is, this is not how God runs his kingdom. He is withdrawing his spirit uh, from our presence, and the more and more he withdraw, withdraws that spirit, the more emboldened our enemies will become. And we are in a very awful situation. We need to wake up. And if we don't wake up soon, it's going to end tragically. And I am just bracing for that impact. We we talked about emergency preparedness. And I'm almost to the point, Sam, where I've just kind of given up on the rest of society and just prepared to hunker down and to weather this storm because it's going to be a heck of a storm if we continue to let this stuff uh, happen the way it's happening.
1: Well, do you believe we're gonna end up with a civil war? Many people are talking about it now and I don't want it, but I'm predicting it, you know, look, at some point, the divide's gonna become too great. At some point, again, another sea change is gonna happen. You're not gonna have rioting in the streets uh, some faraway place or uh, in some whatever controlled city by Antifa or Black Lives Matter. You're gonna have it in your own neighborhoods, in your own congregations. And is that where we're headed? Is that what we want? Again, as we yeah, allow this nope. stuff to prosper, if we don't, you know, really stand up now, that's what you're going to see, Chris. God's moral law still applies yeah. today is the point.
2: You know, and, and I look at people who I, I, I used to admire, that I used to look up to, you know, as a young Christian, I used to look up to people, you know, and think, boy, these, these guys are pillars in our church. They're pillars in our society. I mean, they are just as solid as a, as a as a huge granite rock. And even those people that I once admired, I, I see uh, chinks in their armor. I see cracks in their foundation, and I, I'm wondering, you know, how how is it that I'm surviving these machinations and they're not? It, and I'm not bragging, and I'm trying to set myself up, but, you know, I, I guess I, I what I'm saying, Sam, is I'm grateful that I have not succumbed to the sophistries of men and, and to the the attacks on, on Christian faith, and, and the attacks just come they're like flaxen cords They're like they're like small cords of yarn, you know, w- one or two cords, you know, cannot bind you down. But, you know, you, you get 10, 20, 30, 40 of those cords uh, bound together and pretty soon you've got a rope attached to you, binding you down to sin and compromise to where you cannot free yourself without divine intervention. And, you know, the no, no sin. there's only two part, you know, unpardonable sins on this earth, as you know, Sam. And, and one is murder, and the other is denying God's Holy Spirit. But all the other sins uh, are repentable and
1: forgivable. And all so right, and gentlemen. I got an email. I, want, I got an email that I want to give you or brief you on that gives us great hope. And then we've got a story about vaccinations we want to discuss as well. And then I've got a story about folks leaving California and heading to Texas. For Liberty, those are a lot of good positive developments. We'll tell you about all of them in seconds.
0: Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio.
3: USA Radio
10: News. I'm Tony Mauricio reporting Hurricane Ian now making landfall in South Carolina, like Florida. Authorities in South Carolina are urging those in Ian's path to obey directives and evacuate if necessary. FEMA's Ann Bink Friday afternoon warning residents in other states should prepare for the worst.
8: All the hazards that we've seen in Florida can impact those further up the coast.
10: Many people whose loved ones stayed behind in the pathway of Hurricane Ian are crowdsourcing rescue efforts as they grapple with the helplessness of waiting and not knowing. In TikTok videos and Facebook posts, Families are sharing their desperate pleas, and strangers are answering their calls, even as local officials urge people to use official channels for help. Hannah Fultz had assumed her grandparents, Janet and Larry, evacuated from their mobile home in Naples. But when the 35-year-old in Indiana heard from her mother, she learned they had not only stayed, but that the water flooded their home and was almost chest deep with the fridge floating. Her 75-year-old grandmother didn't know how to swim, We were all in like pure panic mode sitting in Indiana crying, feeling helpless, Foltz said. She turned to a Facebook group of more than 400,000 people, hashtag Hurricane Strong. There are rollbacks. On the student loan program.
5: The Biden administration is scaling back eligibility for its student loan forgiveness plan. This comes the same day as six Republican led states sue President Joe Biden in an effort to block his student loan forgiveness plan from taking effect. Borrowers whose federal student loans are guaranteed by the government but held by private lenders will now be excluded from receiving debt relief. Around seven hundred seventy thousand people will be affected. Affected by the change. For the USA Radio News Los Angeles Bureau,
10: I'm
3: Ellie Andrews.
10: This is USA Radio News.
3: To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-568-2790. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-568-2790. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Call 800-568-2790. 800-568-2790.
1: All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. I mentioned that there's some good news, and I want to focus on some of it. I'll give you an example. God's moral law still applies today. Let's not forget that. God is in his heavens. He knows us. He loves us. And if we turn to him, he will bless us. And it's not going to take everybody in the nation to turn to him. God oftentimes protects the very few. Uh, You remember in the Bible, it was literally like, hey, if we can find this many people, uh, will we be okay? You know, no, well, yeah, sure. Well, there's not that many people. How about less? How about less? How about less? And the Lord protects those who turn to Him. So let's be very clear. You and your family uh, can turn to God Almighty and receive great protection, great love, and great peace. Never forget that, folks. God's moral law still applies today. And that's a headline from an email that I got for the American Family Association, a great group doing great work. And one of the uh, headlines in this email that I got, I really found fascinating. Here's what they say. God's blueprint for life, liberty, and property. A Bible study on the Ten Commandments. And I kind of thought, you know what? That's really good. I agree with all that. And that's a lot of hope. And there's a lot of good people doing a lot of good work. And I think it's important that we pay attention to that. Another good news piece that I got was this. Farmers are warning us, why is no one listening? And it's a story from TheBlaze.com that highlights American farmers are warning us that, look, we're not going to have food. We're going to have shortages if we're not very careful. So that sounds very negative. But the good news is you can prepare. The good news is you can put back a little bit of food, a little bit of, you don't have to panic, but you can work on it. And as you put together stores of food and, and some preparedness and provident living advice and guidance that you hear on the radio and, and get encouraged and work with your neighbors. And you know what, a lot of good things can happen. And the more prepared you are, the more you keep the commandments of God, the more you live by faith, not fear. Understand that you can have peace in your heart. You can have comfort in your soul. Now there was a great interview Uh, that was done that we need to talk about about vaccinations and this is good news too uh in my opinion because a doctor stands up yes he loses his license which again we've mentioned to you that people who follow god get persecuted and prosecuted and have trouble but you know what more and more people are standing up saying look the battle is worth it it's necessary uh and so this uh, interview really highlights some people standing up and doing some good work to get the truth out chris
2: yeah. The doctor's name is Dr. Paul Thomas. He is an integrative pediatrician in the uh, state of Oregon City, Portland, which is a hostile environment <laughs> based on what I've seen in the news um, as far as Antifa and Black Lives Matter is concerned. But, but he does practice there. And he's been in a unique situation, Sam, because he's got about 10,000 patients, if you can imagine that. That's a lot of Uh, pediatric patients. They're all children. And as you know, the CDC recommends their schedule of vaccinations. Well, at some point, at one point in his career, he decided that um, after seeing his fourth patient, child patient regress into autism. Now, I'm not sure exactly what that looks like. I guess he's born normal. And then based on environmental toxins, which the vaccinations are, he, he saw the fourth of one of his patients literally regress into autism, and he thought there's got to be something to this. And he suspected that it was, in fact, the vaccines that he was administering to his patients. So he went to work and did a little research, and he wrote a couple of books. He wrote uh, The first book that he wrote was The War on Informed Consent, because he started to uh, give informed consent concerning the potential side effects of vaccines to the uh, uh, parents of his Uh, pediatric patients. And then he wrote another book called The Vaccine Friendly Plan, where he he wasn't anti-vax. What he was, Sam, is he was pro-informed consent and uh, pro-choice as far as uh, maybe not getting certain vaccines, like the hepatitis B vaccine, which he considered completely and totally useless because most of the mothers of his patients don't have hepatitis B and could not um, give that to their children that were born to them. Anyway, so the Oregon State Board of Medicine uh, caught on to some of his work and realized that he was cutting into the profits of the pharmaceutical industry which as you know the state boards of medicine in every state do not represent the interests or the health of the patients of their states they represent the pharmaceutical companies so the board of edu- the State Board of Medicine in the state of Oregon said show us dr.. Paul Thomas the proof that informed consent is really contributing to the health of your patients so he went about and said okay I will since he had one of the largest control groups of unvaccinated patients as well as vaccinated patients he thought that his 10,000 patients would represent uh, a good sampling of both vaccinated and unvaccinated uh, subjects that he could study so he um, He hired a man by the name of Jack Lyons Wheeler, who was a PhD and had worked in the medical industry, and they discovered that, in fact, his unvaccinated patients, Sam, sometimes three or four-fold were that much healthier than his unvaccinated patients, and he conducted this study in in 2020, so it's been a couple of years. And as you can imagine, okay, here here are some of the conditions that his unvaccinated Vaccinated patients were not suffering from, whereas his vaccinated patients were suffering. And there's a list of them. The diseases he discovered in his vaccinated patients were asthma, allergic rhinitis, ADD, ADHD. The ADHD is something that I've suffered from since I was a child, by the way. And we're going to talk a little bit about that later. Learning disabilities, speech impediments, ear infections, sinusitis, eye infections, and a whole host, host of other. Neurological and otherwise um, chronic diseases. And the study, and I, I'm not going to go into the details of the study, I don't even have the study in front of me, but it, it conclusively demonstrated that vaccinated patients, uh, pediatric patients under 18 years of age, uh, suffered uh, in some cases four times more from these diseases than his unvaccinated patients. And he published his findings in a prestigious medical journal, and the name of that journal was the International Journal of Environmental Research and Public Health. And um, as you can imagine, the state uh, medical board uh, did not look pleasingly upon that publication. And it only lasted five days before the uh, International Journal of Environmental Research and Public Health received a complaint, an anonymous complaint, mind you, and were forced to retract the study from their publication. And um, eventually, Dr. Thomas was uh, was deprived of his state license to practice medicine. And uh, he appealed and he is still appealing and his court date is sometime this year, I think at the end of the year. And he has had his license to practice uh, reinstated, which is good news. But for a while there you know and he not only does he serve pediatric patients he he uh serves uh people with addictions so when his license was revoked he could no longer serve uh, the medical needs of his addicted patients which is if you know sam is very dangerous for somebody who's addicted to a potentially life-threatening drug uh like opioids he was no longer able to literally contact those patients, and he doesn't know that if any of them regressed back into addiction or not. But um, it, it was a really bad situation. But I just think that it was it um, it's it's good to know that this peer and by the way it was peer reviewed. You know what? If you publish in a medical journal like JAMA. Or the New, uh, New England Journal of Medicine, uh, or any of those things, they have to be thoroughly peer-reviewed and thoroughly documented. He needed, he crossed all his T's and dotted all of his I's and did everything right. They did not um, withdraw his article from the peer-reviewed journal because of that. They just they in fact they didn't even give him an explanation why he had they had done that. So he got that anonymous complaint, and, you know, just like that, his article was withdrawn, and they gave
1: him no explanation. And um, they shut his license down as well, and this is the kind of things, the repercussions we're talking about, ladies and gentlemen. When you stand up, this guy did a stellar job. He uh, first had this view, uh, as physicians do, first do no harm. Uh, He uh, went along with the status quo at first, but then realized harm was being done and said, wait a minute. I got to do something. He took the time uh, to carry out due diligence, uh, to uh, research, to double down and concern. Um, I'm sorry, confirm and verify uh, that research, uh, and then he took the next actions and he did what a physician should do. But you know what? He got absolutely slaughtered on that altar. And this is what we're talking about when we say, hey, you stand up for what's right and you'll be persecuted and prosecuted. And uh, look, they're destroying his career now. But he has a stellar reputation in my mind. And the fact that the guy's willing to stand up, the guy, he's willing to take action for his beliefs. In my opinion, what a hero, ladies and gentlemen, a final segment. I have some more good news in seconds. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable live.
7: You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world need for us to think globally and act locally, so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems, at all times and in all places, is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids.
1: All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. So listen to me carefully. This vaccine stuff is heating up. The more and more and more of the truth is coming out. And our prayers are with Dr. Paul Thomas because he published his peer-reviewed studies, and they got yanked. His license was on the line, but he first had the view as physicians should first do no harm. Well, there's another doctor, ladies and gentlemen, uh, and I don't know how to say this uh, doctor's name. I think it's Yuhong Dong. Uh, Anyway, uh, this doctor, Yuhan Dong, who promoted COVID-19 shots on TV back in the day, now calls for a, quote, global stop to COVID-19 vaccines. You want to respond to this, Chris, because more doctors are starting to realize the harm being done. And their creed, first do no harm, comes to mind for these doctors. They went along because they thought, hey, who am I to go against? The WHO, the World Health Organization, the CDC, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, uh, the Health and Human Services, HHS. Uh, I could go on about all the different health organizations uh, in America and around the world. But a lot of these doctors just said, look, we're not going against that. We'll stand up with and then they felt betrayed, and then they went, wait, my patients are getting sick. People are having – and they started to do research and figure this out, and now we have more and more and more doctors standing up. The doctor that literally went on TV and said, yeah, you got to take the jab. This is essential. Now is coming back and saying, whoa, you know what? we got to stop this global vaccination program immediately, Chris.
2: Well, and I don't doubt that there are many other doctors worldwide that um, have discovered that these vaccines do more harm than good. Uh, the, the sad reality of, of it, though, Sam, is that uh, the majority of doctors would rather retain their medical license than, than speak truth to power. So I say God bless to, uh, God bless this Dr. Yo Hung Wong. I, and I'm not familiar with the article, Sam. Uh, I apologize. I haven't done any of the, the background research on that. But, um, yeah, he'll probably end up losing his ability to practice wherever he lives. And, but I say he will probably gain his eternal soul as a result of coming out uh, and and warning people of the potential harm of this vaccination. I just talked to a former bishop of mine when I was in the singles ward when I met my wife, who says that he will not take any of the uh, follow-up vaccines, the booster shots, because when he took the initial COVID-19 shot about a year and a half ago, he uh, promptly lost 40 pounds of weight and he didn't have much weight to lose in the beginning. So that's one case in point. And there's a, there's a member of my congregation here who recently died be- shortly after he took the COVID-19 shot. And I know this doesn't have anything to do with the COVID-19 shot, but it does have something to do with vaccines in general. And I have mentioned it on your show before. I have a grandnephew, Sam. Uh, who died shortly after he got a routine MMR vaccine. So that hit pretty close to home for me. In fact, my brother, who is his grandfather, uh, was interviewed. you remember the movie Vaxxed? Andrew Wakefield put together the movie Vaxxed. Yes, of course. Great movie and Vaxxed and
1: Vaxxed 2, incredible movies. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: My brother was actually interviewed and it was he was uh, interviewed for that movie. They didn't use that cut for the movie, but the, the, the team that uh, produced that movie actually interviewed my brother as a result of his grandchild being killed by a, a, a routine MMR vaccine. So it did hit pretty close to home. And one more thing I'd like to add on a personal note, I cannot prove this, Sam, but I've suffered from ADHD all of my life. It's something I don't think you'll ever get over. Uh, which of course they say that it's more prevalent today than it ever has been in the history of of our country because of um, diagnoses. I don't believe that at all. I don't know and I can't prove it, but I know that my mother was a, a faithful uh, vaccinator when we were kids. She uh, followed the CDC schedule of vaccinations uh, religiously, thinking that she was doing us a favor. And I can't help but suspect that maybe I am also a victim of vaccinations uh, that occurred in my young childhood, but I can't prove it.
1: It's a sad tale to tell, ladies and gentlemen. We'll keep an eye on those willing to stand up and more and more evidence coming out that the vaccines that aren't really vaccines at all, they're merely bioweapons, uh, the mRNA shots, etc uh, and how evil and how bad they are. They're harming children, they're harming babies, they're harming adults, they're harming Um, Mothers, they're getting into the breast milk and and harming children and infants. They're literally going through the blood-brain barrier. They're literally causing inflammation and spike proteins in every cell of every body, whether you get the COVID and or the vaccine, both bioweapons, ladies and gentlemen, to destroy the health of people around the world because they have a great population control agenda, ladies and gentlemen. Make no mistakes about that. But a couple of more good news pieces before the end of the hour. This one's pretty good. Headline says, Biden admin quietly reverses eligibility on student loan program, scales back eligibility. So this student loan forgiveness program that they were rolling out that everybody was up in arms about that they even got sued over, now they're starting to scale that back. And this is what happens when good people stand up and good people push. The CDC has changed their guidance on vaccinations now that these doctors are standing up. Uh, now you see the student loan program rolling back. Look, when people do nothing, bad things happen. But when good people are active and do things, uh, good things happen, Chris. That's something we also need to hold on to.
2: Yes, sir. I agree wholeheartedly with that. And we need to, you know, we we can't be overwhelmed and we can't give up hope because we know who wins in the end, okay? The question Amen is what side, will, what side will you be on? So go ahead with that article again.
1: Great question. So that's a great article. There's another article that I find interesting. I told you uh, at the start of the show today and it was a recap of yesterday's show about everybody's fleeing New York and fleeing to New York and heading to Florida, right? Mhm. And they're doing that's it because New York's so tyrannical and Florida's got at least a modicum of freedom comparatively by far. Well, now Chevron Is selling its global headquarters in California and they're moving their operations and their employees to Texas according to the Wall Street Journal of all places folks Chevron they say will follow in the footsteps of other large companies like Tesla and American Airlines that have left California for uh, many reasons in recent years and you kind of go Wow but people are starting to vote with their money Their dollars, their feet. Americans are leaving blue states and moving to red states. Now, I'm not into the blue-red paradigm at all, but people are moving to more conservative places. They're moving to more rural states. They're moving to more rural uh, places to live because people can work from anywhere, uh, and that is one of the silver linings linings, uh, of the pandemic is that people are starting to be able to work from anywhere and all this kind of stuff. But people are starting to vote with their feet and their wallets, ladies and gentlemen, and they're making a grand stand for liberty. They don't want to be in New York. They don't want to be in California. They don't want to be in these states that have literally destroyed their whole economies uh, because of overregulation, because of belligerent government, because of. And now there's a big showdown even between Ron DeSantis and uh, whacked out. uh, What's that guy in California? Gavin Newsom. I think that's the guy's name. Uh, Okay, there's a big battle between those two. You know, do you want the left whacked out coast to the right conservative coast? You know florida uh and we're starting to see more and more and more of that we're starting to see attorney generals in conservative states stand up we're starting to see and you're starting to see more of this great divide but people are voting with their feet and with their dollars chris and that again is another piece of good news well that
2: gives me comfort in knowing that my daughter and son-in-law live in dallas texas i, I hope that bodes well for them <laughs> I don't think they moved there for that purpose particularly, but that's, you know, it happens to be where they are. And, and we visited down there, Sam, and you know, I've been in Utah for 30 years and I went to Texas and I pretty much felt right at home. You know, people are friendly. They, they've got that Southern hospitality about them. Uh, they're for the most part conservative. Uh, I, I felt pretty good there. So I don't blame people for wanting to move to Texas. Um, i think utah is a good state i don't want to encourage people to to move to utah we've had a, quite a bit of growth over the last 30 years that i've been here and it's almost alarming but you know it is what it is i mean if they're good people hey i welcome anybody to, to utah you know if you want to blend in with our culture and you know live christian lifestyles I, I mean we have the capacity for another two three million people here as far as i'm concerned but if you're going to bring your california political values with you yeah go to Texas, <laughs> just don't go to Dallas or my, I? I know. I Well, if you want that. to
1: bring the liberal values, just stay where you had them and, and you know what, live <laughs> with what you've done with those values. If you're in California or New sure. York and you believe in, you know, rent subsidies and rent price rate controls and uh, government just in charge of everything and government promoting and focusing on and regulating. And, you know, for example, Hey, if you want to just drive around in your electric car, stay in California, man. If you want to go ahead and just shut down your uh, coal-fired power plants or any way to generate appropriate electricity but yet crank up your you know, electric vehicle and you can't charge your car because, man, you can't turn on your air conditioning because there's not enough energy. And Hey, why don't you just live in that squalor that you created with your bogus policies straight from the pit of hell? Why don't you just stay right there and enjoy what you've built? or come to your senses and realize that constitutional principles matter. Morality and religion matters. America is built on these principles that, that you know what, breed prosperity and stability and safety and prosperity when you work together. Okay, Why don't you just either stay there and embrace your policies and just continue to destroy yourself and or change. You don't need to move everywhere to fix everything. I mean, I appreciate that people are doing that and I don't blame them, especially the ones that are conservative that, you know, hey, I used to live in California. But at some point, you've got to vote with your feet for liberty. At some point, you've got to reward those people and states and places that are backing principles that are, that are sound and stable and promote prosperity. At some point, you've got to. But if you're not going to embrace those values, don't come. Don't go. Whatever you want to say. Don't do it. Just stay there. If you love Chicago and you love to take away everybody's guns, then just, you know what? Take away everybody's guns. Stay in Chicago and let everybody just murder each other. Have a great time with that. But those of us who want to keep and bear arms, those of us who want to protect ourselves, it reminds me of this guy in Alabama, (laughs) 11-year-old kid, literally was kicking back in his house and some thug intruder came. And the 11-year-old kid shot the intruder home invader. Then the home invader started crying and melting down. And the 11-year-old kid mocked this home invader. Why are you coming in my house and then you get shot and now you're just crying like a little baby? That's what the 11-year-old said. Now, I'm not really for shooting, but I am for self-defense, and I am for understanding that, look, folks, you cannot have liberty with these liberal, whacked-out, psychotic, communist, and socialist principles and forced ways upon us. If you want liberty, embrace it by backing the principles that make liberty possible, okay? And if you want that, move to places where you can obtain that. Help us. Focus on that and promote that. But if you want those liberal policies, stay in New York and in California where you're going to have that. And you guys just enjoy the society you built. If you love this Chaz city in Seattle where there's just mob rule, by all means, embrace it and have a good time. But for those of us who want to go to church instead of the bar, hey, move to places where we can have the majority that can make sure that that maintains its truth and becomes the order of the day, so to speak. Please. There you have it, Chris. Final word's yours, sir. Amen, brother. You're preaching to the choir. So without God, we cannot win, Sam. With God,
2: we cannot lose. The battle for freedom is the Lord's. But we need to be engaged in the fight. Lieutenant Carlson and Liberty-loving patriots everywhere. Continuing our duty, sir.
1: And for Chris Carlson, Sam Bushman, and the Liberty Roundtable crew, we declare this nation shall endure libertyroundtable.com lovingliberty.net tell a friend share with your neighbor share the love would you please we declare this nation shall endure God save the republic of the United States of America